it's JC, episode eight of season five on the You Made New podcast. I, I'm telling you guys, I'm praying hard today. This one feels bigger than me. This one is making me feel like I, I just, I'm worried I won't have the language. And so I've been praying hard, hard, hard. I mean, I always do because we're just in territory that is just tough. And I'll give you some good news as we start out this episode. This is the last kind of really big detail in the story that we're going to explore where we have to dig deep into some tough stuff. I know we've been relentlessly doing that. And this one's going to take a couple of episode episodes to finish up. But after that, I've kind of outlined the rest of the season in my notes and we're going to go 20 episodes. And so the first half, we've done a lot of digging, haven't we? Had to ask ourselves some really hard questions and we're going to keep doing that for the next two in this kind of last main detail in the story. But then we get to turn the corner and then we get to really get to, or we get to talk about how to get back. We've talked about what we've done as a result of the fall. We've made fig leaves. We've run off into hiding. And today we'll do that last detail. But then we get to talk about how we come back home, how we come to Christ, be made alive in him, overcome our spiritual death. It's, I promise it's not going to feel bogged down in this tough stuff forever. So let's just do it, shall we? Let's just tackle the next two. Take the time that you need to ponder these things in your life. And again, as much time as you need. And then we'll get into some really um, uh, just episodes that I'm so excited to, to, to get to. So today, let's go back to Genesis 3. We've spent the last several ap- episodes on just two verses. Just Genesis 3, 7, and 8. Their eyes were open. They were, saw they were naked. They made fig leaves, fig leaf aprons. And then verse 8, they heard the voice of the Lord and ran off into the garden. So those were our two, but now we're going to move on to verses 9 through 13. Because this is going to set the tone for the last detail that we want to explore. It says in verse 9, And the Lord God called unto Ab- Adam, I almost said Abraham, <laughs> And said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. We actually did already read those, right? The fig leaf aprons didn't even help, so they had to run off because they felt just as exposed, just as naked, went and hid. Here's our key. God said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman who thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Now you've read those verses so many times. They're so familiar. But let's step back from our little familiar lens and look at this like honestly, literally. He starts pointing his finger at Eve, right? He says, she gave me the fruit and I did eat. She starts pointing her finger at the serpent. It's his fault. He beguiled me and I did eat. Pointing finger of blame comes out. I only did because she gave it to me. I only did because the serpent gave gave it to me. It's their fault. They're the reason that I did this. Now, I know I'm exaggerating this a bit for point. But honestly, they both accused someone else for being the reason for their actions. Now, 
I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about this in light of using this as a metaphor for what we do in our own lives as a response to the fall. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. For instance, I'll just give you my own personal example. As I began really processing all the stuff we've been talking about and seeing how deep my personal baggage went, what a hot mess I was as I looked at fig leaves and hiding places and all the ways that I could do those things and thinking, oh, I do that and I do that too. And oh yeah, I do that too. I, I was so overloaded with the realization of how much more of a mess I was than I even realized that I started to have the same response that Adam and Eve did right here in this passage. It was like my mind started to go, okay, but what about when this happened to me and this person did that to me and this person and this family member and, but this, and I started pointing my finger like crazy in essence saying, Kate, listen, that's the reason I'm like this. They're the reason I'm like this. They're the reason I've been forced to cope the way I have because I've been through this hard thing and that hard thing and that person did this, which caused this. And it was really, really easy to blame. And a lot of those things were legitimate. And this is where, uh, you know, we have to pause for a minute because we've been dealing a lot with spiritual death, our own spiritual death, but we're living in a fallen world around a lot of other people who are also spiritually dead, also fallen, also caught up in their own pain and sin. And, and we're living very close lives with families and loved ones and spouses. And we experience a great deal of pain at their hand, right? It's just part of this fallen world is not not just that I'm dead and I have a response to that spiritual death, so do others. And sometimes their responses cause a great deal of pain for me. You think about ideas or concepts like abandonment, or rejection, humiliation, bullying, offense, divorce, betrayal. Oh, and don't even, let's not even get started on physical, spiritual, emotional abuse, sexual abuse. The list is long and it's real. So I am not making light of these things. I want to make sure right at the start that we are taking them seriously. They're incredibly hard. We have every reason to point our finger. These things have damaged us and hurt us. And a lot of our coping mechanisms that we just talked about in the last several seasons or episodes have come as a result of some of that pain. Not just because I'm fallen, but because other fallen people have just caught, just wrecked my life, right? Just done all these things and we start pointing going, okay, but what about this and this and this? That's why I hide. That's why I create a false self. I'm just trying to cope with the pain from this and this and this. You see how easy it is to slip into pointing finger just like Adam and Eve? I mean, it's, it's real. It's not just imagined in our head where the Lord goes, no, no. He knows those things happen to us and he understands that a lot of times they do cause us to cope in ways that aren't healthy, that don't lead us to him. It's why I'm eating all the food. It probably does go back to some of that pain. It's why I'm... I'm lost in whatever coping mechanism, coping mechanism, whatever escape. A lot of it does sometimes have to do with pain. 
I'm going to share, I have a really long quote. It's long, but guys, this one wrecks me. This one is just, we've got to do the whole thing. I've thought about cutting it and I can't, I can't cut it down. But this for me outlines what I'm talking about. This comes from the book, The Sacred Romance. It's written by Brant Curtis and John Eldridge. And they're talking about this very thing. He calls these painful experiences arrows. Brent is the one writing in this in this part. He's calling them arrows, the arrows that have hit us, and they hit us all. And he's talking about a response to these painful things, a response to these arrows, these trials, these hurts that come. So he says, at some point, we all face the same decision. What will we do with the arrows we've known? Maybe a better way to say it is, what have they tempted us to do? However they've come to us, whether through a loss we experience as abandonment or some deep violation we feel as abuse, their message is always the same. Kill your heart. Divorce it, neglect it, run from it, or indulge it with some sort of anesthetic or various addictions. Think how you've handled the affliction that has pierced your own heart. How did the arrows come to you? Where did they land? Are they still there? What have you done as a result? Process that for a minute. We all get these arrows. They hit us all. They look different for all of us. He says it could be abandonment. It could be abuse, whatever. He says the message is always the same. Kill your heart. Isn't that interesting? He says it that way. But the pain is so great sometimes. And sometimes, you know, we don't even have, well, he's going to say this in the second half. We just, we just cope. It's a knee-jerk reaction. He says, divorce it, neglect it, run from it, right? He's explaining half the reason you've run sometimes is because these arrows hurt so bad you don't know how else to deal with it. And so we run or we turn to some anesthetic, he says, some addiction that'll numb it. How have you handled your arrows? Now listen to this. This is the second half of the quote. To say we all face a decision when we're pierced by an arrow is misleading. It makes the process sound so rational, as though we have the option of coolly assessing the situation and choosing a logical response. Life isn't like that. The heart cannot be managed in a detached sort of way, certainly not when we're young, when some of the most defining arrows strike. It feels more like an ambush, and our response is at a gut level. We ne- he continues, we may never put words to it. Our deepest convictions are formed without conscious effort, but the effect is a shift deep in our soul. Listen to this. Commitments form never to be in that position again, never to know that sort of pain again. Right? The result, he says, is an approach to life that we often call our personality. If you listen carefully to your life, you may begin to see how it has been shaped by the unique arrows you've known and the particular convictions you've embraced as a result. They just hit us. Often, he says, when we're young, we don't even know how to process them. These awful, horrible trials that come at the hands of others. And so he says, it's not like you have this option of just assessing. You just at a gut level respond and just all of a sudden build walls going, I'm not going to get hurt like that again. And so all of a sudden we have fig leaves and, and hiding places like crazy coming up as a way to cope. And he says, the result is often what you call your personality, but it's come really as a result of your arrows. One of my biggest fig leaf aphorns, people pleasing came as a result of pain, brokenness, 
I won't go into the stories, you know, but it was my coping mechanism that said, okay, I'm not, I'm going to minimize this pain the best that I can. And so I, if I just please others, be agreeable, I will minimize those arrows. They won't hurt so bad anymore. I can avoid them by going to this coping mechanism. And that started so young, guys. Like, I, I didn't choose to do it. It just started. It, my, my heart just jumped on that as a way to cope. How many other arrows or how many other fig leaves and hiding places have come as a result where we go, oh, I'm not going to be hurt like that again. So I'm going to cope this way. I'm going to cope this way. A lot of our, our hiding places, a lot of our fig leaf aprons come as a result of the pain. And so as we start talking about those coping mechanisms, our response is going to be to blame at, at least a little, right? That's why I'm like this. It's because of this and this and this. So I want to legitimize the blame that does come out. That pointing finger, I'm not going to dismiss that. It's very real. Those things were real. And so I'm not saying stop pointing, just stop. They didn't hurt you. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. We've all been hurt in so many different ways. And we've coped in a lot of different ways. But the reason we need to look at our pointing finger blame Actually, there are several reasons. Number one, if we're going to ask for forgiveness from the Lord, we've got to extend forgiveness to others. This is just about our own journey towards salvation has to include forgiveness for those hurts. As long as we point, we just keep pointing and pointing and pointing and blame We're going to be stuck at this part of the road and we're never going to move any farther. We're never going to find life in Christ. Yes, what they did was real. The Lord isn't saying that they didn't shoot the arrows. He absolutely acknowledges the hurts and the pains and the abuse. And he will bring justice into all of those places in our hearts that have been hurt and deadened and wounded. The forgiveness is for us. Putting down the pointing finger finger will give him a chance to heal those things instead of just us pointing our finger all the time and blaming and being stuck in that. Listen to this quote. This comes from um, classic Christian author, Catherine Marshall. She's written so many books. I just love them. One, this comes from the book, Something More. She says, Christ cannot give us that gift of healing so long as bitterness and resentment have slammed shut the door of the heart and unforgiveness stands sentinel at the door, lest love open and enter. Forgiveness is the precondition of love. Has our bitterness and resentment slammed short, shut the door of our heart where unforgiveness is now standing guard at the door like, nope, you're not getting in that. I'll never forgive them for what they did. Can you see how this goes so much deeper than a 20-minute episode? (laughs) I'm already looking at the time. I'm like, oh, maybe it's going to take more than two episodes. (laughs) We'll just let it. We'll let it unfold. But the other reason is because we have to take responsibility for our response to that pain. We can't control the arrows. They got shot. We got hurt. But we can take responsibility for the way we responded to those arrows. I did run to other things other than Christ to cope with the pain. Yes, I began doing it young as a child. It's not like I'm saying I shouldn't. This is just how we respond. And it's human nature 
to seek out ways to avoid the pain. But now I'm seeking healing from Christ. I'm seeking redemption, spiritual rebirth through him. So I have to look at the ways that I've responded to the pain in my life and see the ways that have been dysfunctional or unhealthy. This is a health podcast, right? What ways have I taken those arrows and I have on my own chosen to respond in a way that was not by turning to Christ? I've just been pointing. I've been accusing. I'm full of resentment and I'm just coping in a way to numb it. I haven't let him heal it. Can you see how important it is to see that we're doing it so that we can lay down that pointing finger, offer forgiveness through his grace? It is not easy. That is a whole nother story too. It's not like, oh, just forgive them. Man, some tough things have happened and that is not as easily said, done as it is just to talk about. Oh, just do. No, that's a whole different episode. But We've got to understand here and now that this is part of the process. Acknowledging that those pains have come, but also acknowledging that we have chosen to cope with them in ways that haven't worked and that we are going to have to shift or let him help us shift so that we can move forward to a place of healing. As I was praying about this, I'll, I'll just offer one more idea that, that deepened it for me even more. I knew right away as I began to really look into this in my own life, I knew who my heart was pointing at. Like I, I know who I was blaming and, and, and some of the issues that had been on the table for a long time. I knew where I needed to start in terms of offering forgiveness in my heart and not holding on to that resentment. And, but as I began to pray about it, I felt very prompted to pray that my eyes would be open to all unkind feelings I had for others, not just the specific really, really bad ones, but all unkind feelings that I was, all kinds of blame, all kind of pointing that I was doing. And, and as I began to ponder it, I mean, for several days, I was really praying and pondering this and I started making a name, a list of people's names. And guys, I'm not even kidding. I came up with more than 20 different people, which makes me sound terrible, but I'm being raw and real on this podcast. But let me explain what that means. It wasn't 20 people that I was livid with and blaming and holding all this unforgiveness. A lot of the people on that list, I, the Lord just shone a spotlight and goes, you're just judging them unfairly. You're labeling that person. That person's annoying. That person's strange. I hate that person drives me crazy. You see the pointing finger and it wasn't always because out of some deep abuse or deep, you know, (laughs) way they wounded me. Sometimes I just pointed my finger in judgment at all kinds of people that drove me nuts, right? (laughs) Family, coworkers, you know, people in the neighborhood, just all kinds of judgment coming out of my pointing finger. So that was another extension of it. It wasn't just the deep wounds. It was my tendency my sinful tendency in my fallenness to point my finger at people for all kinds of things. Oh my gosh. She's so and then gossip about it. Oh, she did. Ah, this, you see, we could go 20 minutes just on that. Couldn't we listen to this quote from um, Dieter F. Uchtdorf, religious leader. He says, we can so clearly and easily see the harmful results that come when others judge and hold grudges. And we certainly don't like it when people judge us. 
But when it comes to our own prejudice, prejudices and grievances, we too often justify our anger as righteous and our judgment as reliable and only appropriate. Though we cannot look into another's heart, we assume that we know a bad motive or even a bad person when we see one. We make exceptions when it comes to our own bitterness because we feel that in our case, we have all the information we need to hold someone in contempt. I told you, I told you that this detail was going to be hard like the other ones. I told you. And like I say, with all of these, if you just need to go, okay, I'm not listening to any more episodes for a minute. I just, I just have to stop and process because this is, this is kind of painful to look into our hearts and see some of this stuff living there. It's so much easier, isn't it? To just be blind, to just be ignorant to the fall and all our responses to it, to just get lost in life and just go about our way and just have our coping mechanisms and have our blame. And it's all about them. It's their fault. And I, but the Lord is about digging underneath the surface and going, okay, if you really want to be healed and made new through me, you've got to look at the mess under the surface. You've got to look at the ugly stuff. You've got to be willing. And today it's how we point and blame how we hold on to bitterness, how we hold on to resentment, how we judge. And we are just sure we know a bad person when we see one, like he said, even though we can't see into their heart at all. This habit can't be kept. Guys, we we see that, right? This can't be part of our life if we are going to move on to true, full restoration through Christ. I mean, it can't. Okay, I think what I'm having to do in my own heart right now as I'm talking is let go of the need to describe and analyze what this can look like in all of our different hearts. Because really, it's so different for each of us. All I can do, and, and feeling like we haven't said enough, but really, it's enough to just lay that out there and go, how are you pointing? Who are you pointing at? Where is it? Is it coming from? How are you judging? What unkind feelings are living in your heart? Who have you not forgiven? This is more of our self-evaluation. So as we wrap up this episode, again, we could just hash this out forever, but maybe this is just a personal journey for each of us. And you can see why I say, don't jump in in the next episode too quick. Take some time before the Lord and just a journal and just go, okay, show me. Show me where I'm doing this. I need to see it. I need to have my eyes open. We're not trying to fix it. I keep saying that, but I'm going to do it again. <laughs> You're not trying to fix it because some of these things are very, very, very difficult to just, if those wounds are deep, it's not like I'm saying in this episode, just stop, just stop pointing. No, we, we'll we get into some further episodes that show us how to shift from these habitual behaviors and thoughts and feelings. All we're doing right now is trying to see that we're doing it and that we've got to put it out on the table in order for the Lord to heal it, in order to make it to the next step on our journey. So in the next episode, we're going to talk about other ways we point that aren't always, they aren't at all like what we talked about today. We're going to go into other areas. So don't jump into that until you're ready. Spend some time with the Lord, process it, hash this out, ask for his grace, and and a feeling of his love to help you go into this difficult territory. I know he will help you do that. And then join me in the next episode.